So in, in saying that tonight, the title of tonight's message is, Where is my treasure? Um, we're going to read out of Matthew 6, 19 through 21. I'll go ahead and we'll go ahead and get started. It says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But lay up yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where the thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Lord, I just ask that tonight that we are able to take a few moments to focus in on what you're trying to tell us about our heart. God, I pray that um, throughout tonight's message that we would, we would learn that we need to have honest reflection with ourselves and where we're at in our walk with you and where our priorities are. And I pray that you would open all of our eyes, especially mine, uh, to what you would have to say to us tonight. We thank you so much. So I got to thinking about, uh, you know, an illustration or something. I, I came across this quote, and uh, I was thinking about treasure and storing up things. And It said, you'll never see a U-Haul behind a hearse. You know, I was like, wow, that, that's true. You'll never see a U-Haul behind a hearse, which that just means, you know, you're not going to be able to take anything with you when you die. And I got to thinking about this storage unit that I cleaned out recently. I've been paying for this storage unit for two years and like wanted nothing in the storage unit. I mean, everything, I already had gotten all the things out of it that I wanted, didn't want anything in there, and I've been paying an absurd amount of money for two years. And finally, it was just like, I need to save this money. I need to clean out the storage unit. But oftentimes, that's the, that's the way we are in, in everyday life. You know, we've, we've accumulated so much stuff we don't have space for it, and so now, like, we start paying somebody else to store the stuff for us, like the things that we don't even want. We just have way too much stuff, and so tonight we're going to look at refocusing, you know, getting rid of all these things that we've accumulated that we don't actually even need, and then focus on, hey, where, where, do, where do I need to be focusing? You know, where is my treasure? Where are my priorities? Our eternal perspective shifts our earthly priorities so when we're when we're so focused on what we can get our you know our storage units are full you know because we got so much in the house already we got to get all this extra space to put all this stuff in and really i'm meaning this in a spiritual sense right that well a lot of times though our spiritual we're, we're depleted you know we're storing all this stuff up on earth our our spiritual storage units are probably pretty empty you know, so our eternal perspective will shift our earthly priority. And the big idea tonight is that, you know, heaven is over earth. Like, heaven is greater than earth. So what we do and how we treat people is very important. And, and that reflects on where our priorities are. And, and so often, our priorities are really here when they should be there. So three things tonight we're going to look at, three ways to store treasure in heaven. Um, we have to love God's creation, and we have to steward it. We've been talking about that in Sunday school a little bit. Uh, we have to have time management. We have to be efficient. It's not often you're going to hear a sermon on storing treasures in heaven, and you know someone's going to talk about time management, but I think it's really important. 
And then number three, we need to have honest reflection with ourselves. Um, so leading into point number one about uh, loving God's creation, we have to take care of the earth. People shouldn't have any political bent on that, but a godly one, right? If we read Genesis 1, God has an order, and we're set to have dominion and rule over creation. But who have we really given that to? We've given that to Satan, right? We don't, we don't want to bother with any of that. We don't want to rule over creation. Um, we don't want to take care of creation. You know, we've, we've become kind of lazy in that aspect. And now we see in society that that has a very political bent. Like when we, when we think of people who take care of the earth or who focus on taking care of the earth, we normally don't like those people, right? It's, it's, it's become like a political bent. But if we really search out scripture, we see that God has a lot to say about how we take care of animals, about how we take care of the planet, how we take care of each other. God's got a lot to say about that. And the way that it's designed and the way God ordered it is that we would rule over all of that. But the reality of the situation is we've given most of that over to the enemy. And now he gets to rule. So those people that we don't like because they support a lot of positions that we don't agree with, they're now the ones that are kind of on the forefront of taking care of things. When in reality, God said... I want you guys to be to be taking care of it, but we've given that over to the enemy. Let's look at Genesis one twenty eight. It says, Then God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on earth. So the enemy, like I said, is here to steal our dominion and to seize control over God's creation and cause death and peril. That's what the enemy's out to do. And, and unfortunately, we allow him to do those things. God has tasked us with the task of taking care of the planet. So how we steward creation is a direct reflection on the condition of our heart. You know, God has said, I care about these things. So how we are stewards of creation, no, we shouldn't have have to have a, like a game and fish commission or something that tells us, you know, how many deer you can kill or, or yada, yada, yada. You know, we don't really need government for that. You know, God's laid that out and said, I want you to steward it. You know, I, I'm putting this trust in you. And how we do those things are a direct reflection on our heart. Care and concern for all life, you know, not just some life. Now, with that being said, humans are the only creation made in God's image and thus are of highest order in God's creation. But stewardship was one of the very first commandments that God gave us. And this reflects its importance to him, right? But oftentimes we, we neglect that. We're willing to steward some areas of our life, but not all areas. We must also be stewards of ourselves. Jonathan Edwards, one of my favorite theologians, I disagree with him in actually a lot of areas, but I think he had a, a lot of good ways to practically live. It says, uh, and he made these 70 revel, uh, resolutions that he, he wanted to live by every day. And here he says that he's resolved to inquire every night before I go to bed whether I, I have acted in the best way I possibly could with respect to eating and drinking. You might ask, well, how does that even make a difference in 
me storing up my treasures in heaven. Well, God said there are bodies a temple, right? We have to steward ourselves. And if we're not, if we're not stewarding ourselves, we're not doing the things that we're, we're likely not doing the things that we're supposed to be doing, right? To store those treasures up in heaven. So we have to watch how we're living. We have to steward ourselves. So how does stewardship of creation lead to the storing of treasures in heaven? It creates the more perfect order that God originally intended. You know, he was very orderly, we see in Genesis. He's got a structure. And by us learning how to steward ourselves, learning how to steward creation and love creation, we're, we're perfecting that order to a greater extent, that original intent that God established on earth. And, and therefore, we're bringing heaven much closer to earth, right? When we're stewarding things the way we're supposed to is essentially bringing heaven down. Stewardship is a large aspect of God's heart and thus will allow us to grow closer with him. Loving uh, creation obviously means loving each other. 1 Peter 4.8 says, And above all things, have fervent love for one another, for love will cover a multitude of sins. So, we have to love each other. We have to steward that love. You know, how, how, how often do we just, you know, sometimes we just don't get along with people. But that's what stewardship is. It's every day I'm working on it, right? I'm stewarding this. I'm stirring it up. You know, I'm not, I'm not just going to let it die off because of bad things that have happened. Stewarding creation brings heaven to earth, like I said earlier, and creates order in the midst of chaos, how many of you know the earth is very chaotic? You know, whether it be in nature or whether it be just in general life, the, the earth is very chaotic, and that, that ultimately is a result of sin, right? We've fallen. But when we steward creation, when we steward ourselves, when we help steward each other, we're bringing order back to that chaos, right? So like I said, it's, it's essentially bringing heaven to earth or, or making that attempt, Right, that's very important to bring order to the chaos. So the second way we're going to look at um, how to store our treasures in heaven is, is by practicing. Absolutely. Psalm 90. Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth or ever you had formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. You turn man to destruction and say, Return, O children of men. For a thousand years in your sight are like yesterday when it is past, and like a watch in the night. You carry them away like a flood. They are like a sleep. In the morning they are like grass which grows up. In the morning it flourishes and grows up. In the evening it is cut down, and it withers. For we have been consumed by your anger, and by your wrath we are terrified. You have set our iniquities before you, our secret sins, and the lights of your countenance. For all our days have passed away in your wrath. We finish our years like a sigh. That sounds really enjoyable. The days of our lives are 70 years, and if by reason of strength they are 80 years, Yet their boast is only, is only labor and sorrow, for it is soon cut off, and we fly away. Who knows the power of your anger? 
For as the fear of you, so is your wrath. And here's the pinnacle verse. So teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. And so most of that kind of sounded depressing, but the culmination of it all is the realization that we don't have much time. Right? Time is short. It's limited. You can't buy time. Uh, you know, you, like I said, you can't buy time. It's short. It's limited. And we must practice time management so that we can learn how to store treasures in heaven. Keeping track and making use of our time allows us to do more of the things that we are supposed to do, not just what we have to do. So like I said, keeping track and making use of our time allows us to do the things that we are supposed to do and not just what we have to do. How many of you know there's a difference? Right? Sometimes there's things that we have to do. You know, we have to go to work, but then there's some things that we're supposed to do. Right? But if we're not using good time management, we can't do those things, and so we're not storing treasures in heaven. Right? We're just here laboring and sorrowing, but God has a purpose for our life, but we have to bring order back to this chaos if we're going to find that purpose and then store those treasures in heaven. And we can't bring in order if we don't make good use of our time. So we must realize our own frailty and weakness in order to grow in wisdom. We have few days, limited time. Wisdom sets our hearts to order, not of mere pleasantries here, but on the things above. And that's what that order is for. It's so that we're always focused on the things above. When making decisions, we must look several steps ahead. Wasting time prevents us from storing treasure in the correct place. If we're wasting time, we're going to be storing treasure here. You know, I've only got a little, I've only got a little time left. I just want some, like, personal time and yada, yada, yada. And that's all just storing treasure here. But if we're efficient with our time, if we plan things right, we'll have time to do the things that we're created to do and not just the things that we have to do. Like I said, we, how many of us have used the phrase, well, I'm just killing time? You know, well, what are you doing? I'm, I'm just killing time. Well, we don't have time to kill, right? I mean, we all say that, but we don't have any time to kill. God has set an order to the world, and we have to get back to observing this order. God was structured in how he created and we must be structured and efficient in how we live. So we're his creation, right? He was structured in how he created us. So do you think that he probably wants us to be structured in how we live? That would make sense, right? If, if he took out the time and, and thought to create us, it wasn't, you know, there wasn't this big bang that just happened and you came out of nowhere. Like somebody thought about you, created you intricately. He probably wants us to live in, a, in that same fashion, but most of us are just saying, yeah, we're just killing time, you know, but that's not structured, and that's not efficient, and we've got to get back to that order. And we also, we need to have honest reflection with ourselves, and this is probably the most important point, and, um, I'm going to read out of Ecclesiastes. Anytime I get to read out of Ecclesiastes, I'm going to do it. It's my favorite book of the Bible. So if y'all keep letting me preach here, you're going to hear a lot of Ecclesiastes. I think it's, a, it's an excellent book. 
So here uh, Solomon is saying, I made my works great. I built myself houses and planted myself vineyards. I made myself gardens and orchids, and I planted all kinds of fruit in the tree, or planted all kinds of fruit trees in them. I made myself water pools from which to water the growing trees of the grove. I acquired male and female servants and had servants born in my house. Yes, I had greater possessions of herds and flocks than all who were in Jerusalem before me. I also gathered for myself silver and gold and the special treasures of kings and of the provinces. And as we're reading, it's obviously this isn't in the text, as we're reading, you're going to see a lot of I. I did this and I did that. And that's a central theme to what he's going to get at here in a minute. I acquired male and female singers, the delights of the sons of men, and musical instruments of all kinds. So I, I became great and excelled more than all who were before me in Jerusalem. Also, my wisdom remained with me. Whatever my eyes desired, I did not keep from them. I did not withhold my heart from any pleasure, for my heart rejoiced in all my labor, and this was my reward. Then I looked, so he's reflecting, right? Then I looked on all the works that my hands had done and on the labor in which I had toiled, and indeed all was vanity and grasping for the wind. There was no profit under the sun. So Solomon realized that most of his life he had been chasing selfish pleasures, right? And the most selfish thing in all of that was I. You know, I did all this, and I did all this, and, you know, there was no instance in which he's saying God gave these things for me, right? No, he's, I did it, and I built this, and I had this, and I did this. And he's realizing here, um, so Proverbs is written, uh, Song of Solomon was, you know, really early on, and then Proverbs was kind of written in the heart of his life, and Ecclesiastes, he's an old man now, and he's kind of reflecting back on his life, and he's like, man, I wasted a lot of time chasing things that I didn't need to chase. And the, the point of what he's getting at here is that life is vain without God. So without God, what's, what's the point? You know, are we really created here just to live and die? No. Like, there's, there's, there's so much more than that. But because of us not being willing to bring order to the chaos and, and not being efficient, we miss out on a lot of the things that we're supposed to do, and we spend way too much time just doing things that we have to do. Right? But God tonight is telling us, like, hey, man, without me, your life is vain. I've got things for you to do, but I need you to stop wasting time. You know, stop chasing those things, those selfish pleasures. So like Solomon, we, we need constant reflection. We have to constantly look back. And if you read the Psalms, it was mostly written by David, Solomon's father. David spent just so many of those Psalms in constant reflection. You know, God you know, look in me, tell me what I'm doing wrong. I need you. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm sinning. I'm terrible. You know, and he was always in constant reflection, and that's how we need to be too. So like I said, uh, notice the I in all the statements. This is what is chasing the wind, as Solomon says. 
So the, the selfish pleasures are like chasing the wind. So think about trying to grasp at the wind. You know, you can't see it. You can't catch it. It's impossible. And what he's saying here is that's just a waste of time. If what we are going to do is going to matter, we must focus on storing treasures in heaven, not in vain attempts to feel loneliness and hurt with vanity. And so oftentimes that, that's what we do, right? And that's ultimately what Solomon is doing here. You know, he wasn't just doing all the stuff just to have a good time. He had a place in his heart that wasn't whole. So in the middle of all this, you know, he's, he's trying to fix it with vanity, when it's God who gave him wisdom in the first place. And instead of trying to fix his heart with God, he tries to fix his heart by, you know, storing things and accumulating objects, right? But, and some of his objects were women. You know, he had a terrible problem with women. That would ultimately be Solomon's major downfall, right? And then, you know, he comes back, but similar to David, but he would store, he's storing up everything. And I, I was reading this article one time about Solomon. Solomon's my favorite biblical character. Um, but he had accumulated so much gold in Israel that silver was just worthless. There was so much gold in Israel that silver was just like you're picking up a rock off the street. And several people have tried to figure out, you know, what was Solomon's net worth? You know, because we know him as the richest man in the history of the world. And uh, someone tried to put it in the U.S. dollars. You, you don't know the, you know, the full accuracy of it. But I was reading an article, and they said it was somewhere around 40 trillion U.S. dollars that Solomon had accumulated. So think of that, and you know, I could pay off our national debt twice. You know, but that that's just how much stuff he had accumulated. And he looked back and he was like, man, so much of that just was not worth it. God wasn't in a lot of that. And that was like chasing the wind. And I wish that I had done things differently. And keep in mind, Solomon is old here. We don't need to let ourselves get old before we start reflecting. You know, start now. And if you're old, you can go ahead and start reflecting. But anyone that's young, go ahead and start reflecting now. You know, don't waste time. And don't chase the wind. Resist the temptation of a storage unit. You know, I got a storage unit because it was easy, right? You know, I got all this other stuff. I can just go dump it in here. Super easy. They'll give you that first month free. You know, the sign on, it, it looks good, right? But then it ends up staying there. It never leaves. You know, and you don't want to take the time to go get it out. You know, so resist that temptation to store things. And, and don't let yourself accumulate so much stuff because the more stuff we're trying to accumulate here as the that, that's generally the less focus that we have on heaven so proverbs 27 19 it says as in water face reflects face so a man's heart reveals the man so some would say you know look at yourself in the mirror and say good things about yourself you know, like this self-empowerment. And some of that's okay, but some of it's not. Really what we should be doing is we look in the mirror and we say something like, um, God revealed to me what I really am. You know, that's what we need to be looking in the mirror and saying, God, make this person, this person I'm seeing a better individual. 
You know, it, it's got to start with God. Hey, hey, that's what David was talking about, right? Look at me, peer into my heart, reveal things to me that I'm doing wrong because we're not exactly the most intelligent people all the time, and, and sometimes we really don't know what we're doing wrong. Sometimes we do, but sometimes we don't, and we, we need God's help with that. So as we look in the mirror and we try to have an honest reflection, instead of just saying, well, I'm right where I need to be, you know, hey, God, teach me something, right? Reveal to me who I really am and invite God in so that he can change our hearts, right? Let's look at James 1.22. I know Red likes this one. I do too. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. And I'd never really seen this in this scripture before until I was studying for this, but I got to thinking of the, the part in the verse where it says, he is like a man viewing his natural face in the mirror. Being a hearer and not a doer is a direct denial of the supernatural ability of God. We see our shortcomings and deny the power of God to change us. And that's ultimately because we have a fear of honest reflection. You know, we see our natural face. We don't like it. We go away, right? But that's a direct denial of the supernatural ability of God to come in and fix our hearts and change us. And that's ultimately because we don't really want him to. We don't want to have to have an honest reflection. And, and maybe we might just have to admit that we're not perfect, I know that's hard, but we have to have an honest reflection of ourselves and and not just to be a hearer and just looking at our natural ability. So tonight, um, just in recap, it's short. Um, in order to store treasures in heaven, we have to learn to, to love God's creation and steward it. So God cares about order, Right? God cares about order. We have to have good time management. We have to be efficient. If we're going to store treasures in heaven, we've got to, it does depend on what we do here. It's, that's, a, that's a major thing, but that's not our focus. We're doing what we're doing here because we're looking here, right? So like I said earlier, our eternal perspective shifts our earthly priorities. And Solomon in Ecclesiastes is not saying that everything is, he does say everything, but if you read Ecclesiastes in context, he's saying, I did all this without God. You know, I did not involve God in this. And, and that is what is chasing the wind. But God wants us to live a blessed life. But if we're going to, we have to involve him in it. Otherwise, everything's just in vain. We're not really blessed. We're just storing stuff up. And that's not the same thing. We have to have honest reflection. You know, don't be like the man in the mirror that you see his natural face and, and goes away, but rather see the supernatural ability of God to, to change us so that we can be a doer, 
right? And being a doer is all about storing up treasures in heaven, right? But, but if we deny that ability, that supernatural ability of God because we just want to be a hearer and we don't want to have honest reflection, we're selling everybody short, God, ourselves, other people. Right? Like I said last week, you know, if you're not motivated enough for yourself, be motivated enough to, for somebody else. You know, I need to get straight so that I can help somebody else. All right, so tonight let's just think about when we go home, you guys can stand. Um, this phrase comes to mind. Um, I've been accused of it before, probably not as much recently. I probably need to get accused of it more often, but being too heavenly minded. You know, has anyone ever told you, well, you're just too heavenly minded? And that, that's, that's a problem, right? I do want to be heavenly minded. Because if I'm heavenly minded, I'm not, it's not a, I'm not just trying to escape or get out of here, but my focus is there so that my priorities here are straight. So I do want to be heavenly minded. So if anyone's ever accused you of that, just gloss that over because they're wrong. You do need to be heavenly minded. Tonight, get along with God and have an honest reflection. You know, where... Where can I fix things, and where do I need to fix things? And honestly, sometimes that's the hardest part of everything, is just being able to be honest with yourself. I'm, I'm messing up, and I need help, and have an honest reflection of your heart. What do I need to change here in order to understand God more so that I can store up those treasures, right? Where moth and rust do not destroy, and where thieves don't break in and steal, and ultimately, what that scripture is teaching us is everything here is just material, right? Our eternal is spiritual, and that's where we need to be building things up. No one can steal that from me. You know, Red's been talking about, um, you know, knowing that you're, you're saved, and you wouldn't, you wouldn't say, well, I think I'm saved, you know, or something like that. That's just silly. No, I know it, and no one can take that from me, but someone sure can steal my car, right? So you got to think about what you're storing up. I want to store up things that have to deal with salvation, you know, making people whole. You know, that's what we need to be storing up and not the material things of earth. And the rest of this week, you know, something I was thinking about is don't waste time at work. You know, that's where we really like to kill time sometimes. Like, you know, just do the least work we can and get out the door. But that's a dishonor to God. God likes work. You know, he worked hard the six days, rested the seventh. God likes work, so don't waste our time at work. And, and then also throw out all the politics about loving creation and seek the biblical intention behind it. You know, what, what does God have me to do so that I can love his creation more and so that I can love people more and so that I can bring order back into all the chaos and help me learn how to store up treasures in heaven and bring heaven down to earth. And that's a very, very important thing. And you've probably heard some messages on storing up treasures in heaven, and this one's probably a little different. But um, I think that's very important. If, if we're going to store those treasures up, we have to have order here first, or it's just not going to happen. Um, Lord, I just thank you so much for what you're going to do in us this week. And God, as we go out tonight even, Lord, I pray that you would prompt us to have 
an honest reflection of where we're at in our walk with you and an honest reflection in how we're treating your creation and people. You know, are we abusing things or are we neglecting things that we don't need to be neglecting? Um, where are we at? God, I just pray that we'd be prompted to have that sincere and honest reflection. And as we go out this week, the rest of this week, I pray that we would all be convicted about how we're just killing time. And, and I pray that we would value time and, and use it more wisely and use it to glorify you and bring heaven closer to earth and bring order into the midst of chaos that we see going around on the planet right now. And that's the answer. That's the answer that we're seeking um, to all the, the things that we're seeing that we don't like is, is to bring your order back to earth. And, and Lord, we long to do that. And we thank you for what you're going to do. It's your name that we pray. Amen. Amen. You guys are dismissed. <laughs>